Welcome to Everything Yesterday This Morning, a 15 to 20 minute daily recap of headlines you may have missed. Come for the news, stay for the snarky commentary. Good morning. Welcome to Thursday's edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I'm your host, literally Heather. Uh, Yesterday, Vladimir Putin made a speech announcing that the conflict in Ukraine would be escalating. In the speech, he said there would be a partial mobilization of the military, reservists and ex-military personnel with certain military specialties and relevant experience would be subject to conscription. Shortly following this, flights to Armenia, Turkey, and Georgia sold out within minutes of his announcement. Russia's railway site has also begun to experience difficulties. During his speech, Putin said that this escalation was necessary to, quote, protect the sovereignty, security, and territorial integrity of Russia. This comes after weeks of Ukrainian forces making advances in major counteroffenses in the northeast of the country. Ukraine's deputy defense minister said, This war is not about numbers. This war is about technology superiority, adding that continued Western military support would be required for victory. Of course. Of course. Let us just give you more money. It's all good. Putin also made threats to the West for supporting Ukraine in the conflict and reignited concerns about nuclear strikes being used. He said... If Russia feels its territorial integrity is threatened, we will use all defense methods at our disposal, and this is not a bluff. Those who are trying to blackmail us with nuclear weapons should know that the winds can also turn in their direction. Uh, Shortly after reading this article, I saw another, sorry, uh, about what the world would look like if every country had a nuclear who has a nuclear arsenal set them off. It was a great article to read first thing in the morning. It was fun. Um, the U.S. House of Representatives passed the Presidential Election Reform Act on Wednesday in an attempt to stop future presidents from attempting to overturn election results through Congress. The vote passed by a count of 229 to 220 and one abstention with nine Republicans crossing the aisle to support the initiative. Old Vodka Jaws Nancy herself chimed in on this one and said, quote, this is a good one, denying American people their fundamental freedom to choose their own leaders denies them their voice in the policies we pursue. We take an oath to protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. This legislation is in furtherance of that, of honoring the oath of office. Um, I feel it prudent to say that I don't want Donald Trump for president personally, but there are a lot of people who do want him to run. Isn't Liz Cheney saying, I'll do whatever it takes to make sure Donald Trump never sees the Oval Office again? precisely denying American people their fundamental freedom to choose their own leaders. (laughs) Um, We're reading uh, 1984 for Liberty Library Book Club, and I feel like this is some of that doublespeak that they mention. Say one thing, but mean the other. War is peace. 
Um, I went into the specifics of this bill with you guys yesterday, so I'm not going to go through all that again. I just wanted to let you all know that it did pass the House. Uh, the Justice Department undercounted nearly 1,000 deaths in prison, jail, jails, or during arrests during the last fiscal year. The 10-month investigation that was outlined in a September 20 report released jointly by the Senate's Permanent Subcommittee on Investigations and the Government Accountability Office centered on whether the DOJ has complied with the Death in Custody Reporting Act of 2013. This requires the department to collect data from states on deaths in jails and prisons and submit to Congress a report that analyzes the data to propose solutions on how to reduce such deaths. The investigation found the DOJ missed the deaths in custody of 990 people in fiscal year 2021. That data keeping by the DOJ has been disorderly since 2016. And the report is required to produce to Congress will not be complete until 2024, eight years past its due date. Well, I mean, what can you expect when the DOJ is a weaponized arm of a political party? They don't have time to worry about deaths in their custody when they're so busy demonizing parents and moms from school board meetings and investigating Donald Trump. They have priorities, people. Additionally, much of the data that DOJ did collect is incomplete. 70% of the data that the DOJ does have is missing at least one required set of information, race, ethnicity, age, gender, and 40% of that data is missing a description of the circumstances of the victim's death. Almost half of it doesn't even say how the people died. After a Senate hearing on the matter on Tuesday, Senator John Ossoff, who is from Georgia, did not say whether the DOJ would face consequences for not complying with the law. <laughs> Forgive me, but I, the DOJ facing consequences? These people think we're stupid. A bunch of people who have had loved ones die while in custody testified at the hearing, and a bunch of politicians said, shame on you to the Justice Department. But before the hearing ended, Andrea Armstrong, who's a professor of law at Loyola, Loyola University, who researches and maintains a database of deaths in custody in Louisiana, told senators that stories like these are why the federal government needs to have accurate data. She said, and I quote, deaths in custody may signal broader challenges in a facility. It is impossible to fix what is invisible because it's the government. They don't want to fix it. And the fact that it's invisible is intentional. Ugh. The Federal Reserve is poised to deploy another supersized interest rate hike to fight the sharpest price surge in 40 years, a move that has drawn remarkably little political pushback despite rising market anxiety just weeks before an election. Well, when you shirk all responsibility and hand it over to a few people who are unaccountable to literally no one, who are accountable to literally no one, uh, you don't really have much room to give pushback, do you? This article says that could change with more and more voices from Washington to Wall Street warning that the central bank might end up doing serious damage to the economy. Well, no fucking shit, Sherlock. Perhaps you should have been talking about this when they were arbitrarily devaluing our currency by printing trillions of dollars 
but no one complains when it's raining cash. The World Bank last week raised the specter of a global recession, a specter. We are already there. Investors are increasingly worried that disruption in the U.S. government debt market could worsen as the Fed raises borrowing costs. The housing and stock markets are reeling. And some executives, like Elon Musk, even say the economy is in danger of entering a period of deflation. Jerome Powell, on the other hand, says, fuck you, peasants. We'll do whatever it takes to curb inflation, a point driven home by the fact that the central bank raised interest rates for the fifth time this year. They want you to know, though, the Fed's policies take time to feed through the economy, meaning just like at the other end of things, the central bank could end up depressing economic activity more than necessary before even realizing it. Given the sheer speed at which it's jacking up rates, the fastest pace, mind you, in 30 years. Liz Ann Saunders, who's the chief investment strategist at Charles Schwab, said, quote, there's the old expression that sometimes they'll tighten until something breaks. Perhaps this will be the catalyst necessary to end the Federal Reserve and truly focus on a free market society. Don't worry, though, I won't hold my breath. A Tesla mega pack caught on fire yesterday morning at a PG&E facility in Monterey County, California, emitting enough toxic smoke that the county issued a shelter-in-place advisory for the surrounding area. A number of road closures were also ordered, including Highway 1. Tesla mega packs are giant lithium-ion batteries that supplement power grids to even out energy supply and increase the amount of renewable energy used. But lithium-ion batteries are also incredibly flammable and emit toxic smoke if they catch fire. The greater the amount of lithium ion on fire, the more toxic the smoke. And because megapacks are so large, a fire involving one can be potentially hazardous, you think. Uh, Residents are being told by local authorities to shut their windows and turn off their ventilation systems to prevent the toxic smoke from getting inside their homes. I'm sure, though, that they pre-cooled their homes before this happened, so that won't be a problem for them. I'm not the only one that sees the irony in this, right? Like, I can't be. Multiple military intelligence offices have paid a data broker for access to internet traffic logs, which could reveal the online browsing history of U.S. citizens. At least four agencies within the U.S. Department of Defense, including the Army and Navy, have collectively spent at least $3.5 million on a little-known data monitoring tool with the reported ability to provide access to vast swaths of email data and web browsing history. Team Simru, I think is how you say it, Kimru, Kimru, I have no clue really, to be honest with you. The Florida-based cybersecurity firm behind the tool claims its product provides customers with a supermajority of all activity on the internet and visibility into more than 90% of internet traffic. The previously unknown government procurements have triggered alarm bells. Yeah, well, no fucking shit. I would argue that the Patriot Act is likely the most invasive and worst piece of legislation to ever pass through the halls of Congress. And for a bunch of dinosaurs that like to hem and haw around about how they have the duty to uphold the Constitution, they do a fucking piss poor job of it. At the very least, the purchase represents the latest example of government agencies finessing their way around constitutional protections 
by seeking out data from shady data brokers and other private firms. Senator Wyden wrote yesterday to the inspectors general at the DOD, DOJ, and DHS. That last one is really interesting. Urging an investigation of their respective agencies' purchase of the data, saying that he had confirmed that multiple government agencies are purchasing America's data without judicial authorization. With regard to the military, Wyden said a whistleblower had come forward to his office who had revealed that a series of formal complaints had been filed up and down the chain of command. According to Wyden, the complaints implicate NCIS in deals to obtain NetFlow data without a warrant. A public contracting records, I'm, I'm sorry, public contracting records have confirmed the military's use of a tool called Augury, which provides petabytes of network data from over 500 collection points worldwide. At least 100 billion new records are collected every day including email and browsing data. He added that records show contracts have been secured by U.S. Cyber Command, the Army, the FBI, Secret Service, DIA, DCSA, and CBP. Look at that alphabet soup of rights violators. But don't you dare dissent. Don't you, for a single solitary moment, utter the words government overreach, or you are a domestic extremist of the worst kind. You are the problem, not the government. While a Supreme Court decision in 2018 held that the government cannot acquire sensitive data without a warrant, several government agencies are choosing to interpret the decision narrowly, exempting data that, rather than being demanded, is commercially acquired. In other words, the government is literally buying its way around the Fourth Amendment. This is my shocked face. Can you tell how surprised I am? Federal agencies are not the only ones doing so. On Friday, Rep. Anna Eshoo asked the FTC to investigate newly revealed police software, such as, or it's, I guess it's known as Fog Reveal, which allows law enforcement agencies to map the movements of Americans months back in time. That service relies not on NetFlow data, but on location data called from hundreds of consumer apps, purportedly for advertising purposes. Consumers do not realize that they're potentially nullifying their Fourth Amendment rights when they download and use free applications on their phones. It would be hard to imagine consumers consenting to this if they actually are given the option to opt out. Yet, this is functionally what is occurring. Utility bills are going through the roof. So what does Joe Biden do? He decides to push the Senate to pass a vote on a climate treaty that would raise the cost of air conditioning and put yet another notch in his belt of whole of government, whole of economy climate agenda. In his first week as president, Biden issued an executive order 14008 called Tackling the Climate Crisis at Home and Abroad. Among the many regulatory actions it initiated, Biden's order also directed his administration to pursue the Senate's ratification of the Kigali Amendment to the UN Montreal Protocol. Do you guys notice how many of these like treaties and agreements, the, the Paris Climate Accord, were constantly entering in these agreements with other countries? At what point do we just sit here and say, mm, you know, 
is this good for us as a country? Maybe not. So let's maybe not do this. Anyway, the UN Montreal Protocol on Substances that Deplete the Ozone Layer. What does a treaty on the ozone layer have to do with global warming? Very little. But it offers a convenient cover to slip in costly climate policy that would drive Americans' air conditioning costs even higher. Yay! Aren't we so lucky to have a geriatric vegetable that doesn't give a flying crap about Americans? The Kigali Amendment mandates phasing down of hydrofluorocarbons, the most common and affordable compound used in the United States and globally for air conditioning, refrigeration, building installation, insulation, semiconductor manufacturing, and even fire extinguishers. Hydrofluorocarbons have become a target of global warming alarmists for elimination, regardless of the costs or benefits of doing so. Think of everywhere that we use air conditioning, house, cars, businesses, offices, hospitals, data centers, server rooms, and the scope of this amendment becomes a little more clear. Although this is on Biden's to-do list, it spells and adds up to pain for the American people. So naturally, it will most likely be ratified and we will pay the price. That is your Thursday edition of Everything Yesterday This Morning. I love you guys. I hope you have a great day. We are under 20 minutes today, so I'm doing better. Um, Okay, you guys take care. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. If you like today's show, be sure to subscribe and turn on notifications so you never miss an episode. Also, please don't forget to check out shouseinthehouse.com and never forget that free men do not need permission from any government. Have a great day.